So you often hear me use the term narrative um, and terms like lens and filter. The narrative is the way we see life, meaning the narrative kind of creates lenses and filters into how we process what's going on in our lives and how we develop our perspective of things. And what happens with this narrative is it has a significant influence on how we process experiences. It, it has a huge effect on how we remember things as well, on our memories. And that's why two people can see the same thing, experience the same thing at the same time, and have two completely different views of it. Uh, it's their narrative going in. They have different narratives. And so much of how we experience our world is affected by our narrative. You know, what we see and how we process it, we've got to make sure it fits our narrative. How we even remember things at times and recall them, we're going to make sure it fits into that narrative. And what happens is often we can, in living out our lives in this narrative, we will have a tendency uh, to take things from the past and bring them into the present. And what we want to know is because of what I just said is that God wants us to remember certain things and, and to remember them in a way that we would now understand him and know him and be more cognitive of his presence. And so when we're moving through life and dealing with stuff, we're going to be in a greater position, have a greater capacity to navigate it and manage it in a way that glorifies God and is simply more beneficial to ourselves. And that we can become more trusting in Jesus Christ. And that we can get rid of the old stuff and put on the new stuff. That's really important. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anyone belongs to Christ, they have become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. What we choose to remember and how we choose to experience things has an influence on how much the old life goes and how much the new life comes. Today... We are going to jump into Psalm 128 as we continue with our current series, Happy Trails, where we're focusing on the Psalms of Ascent, these songs that Jewish people would sing as they were going up to Jerusalem to celebrate their feasts. Psalm 128, verse 1 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children's children. Peace be on Israel. So let's begin right out of the gate with giving attention to what the psalmist is saying here. You and I need to fear the Lord. It says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. 
Now remember from prior sermons that word blessed here means happy. Happy is the person who fears the Lord. So what we're seeing here is that part of God's plan for our happiness is to fear God. Now, let's pause and ask the question, why would fearing the Lord make me happy? Isn't fear something like the opposite of happiness? Well, the idea of fearing God here doesn't mean that when we think of God, we become terrified. I mean, certainly there are these certain situations like, you know, coming to a bad judgment day at the end of time where that would be the case. But here in Psalm 128, the the idea of fearing God is to revere God, to be in awe of God. I really like that term here, to be in awe of God. A heart that fears God, that is in awe of God, affects the way a person lives their life. That's why it says in verse 1, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. When you fear God, when you're in awe of God, it changes your behavior. It's a significant effect on how you make decisions. About 27 years ago, I had a moment that I've talked to you about many times in a prayer room. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And there, what was happening there, as I've described to you in different ways, and I've spoken in details about this open and honest conversation I had with God, what was going on there, the foundation of it, was that I had come to a place where I was in awe of God. So I'm talking with God honestly, which was rare, maybe the first time ever. I'm realizing how forgiving God was. I'm realizing how great his mercy was. I wouldn't have articulated it that way then, but that's the sum of what was happening. Simply what I'm thinking is, wow, you'll still have me. You're still with me. You're you're still pursuing me. I'm here considering everything that's gone on. You've not left me. I was in awe of God. In that moment, I saw God as bigger than me, bigger than anything else going on in my life. And suddenly life was not just about me and what I wanted and what I needed. God wants us to see him as bigger than ourselves. So our culture is, runs inconsistent with that. Our culture is very individualistic. And I knew right there in that moment that God was calling me to something bigger than me, that God was calling me to get outside myself, something bigger and other than Dave's world. And I just lived for Dave's world day to day. And in that moment, as I'm having this honest conversation with God, as I'm kind of dwelling in awe of God, I I, I begin to think of others. And and at first it was a bit uncomfortable because I, I lived out my life where I caused people a lot of pain. But but then I'm thinking, look what God is doing. Look how good God is. Maybe I could maybe I could do good now. I was in awe of God and I was in awe of what I thought God could do in me. And that way of thinking right then and there began to change my narrative. It began to change my perspective right there and then on life. The way it changed the way I saw my past, 
It changed the way I even began to see my future as I, as I began to contemplate how I would live life in the hours and days ahead. And that change was the beginning of it all. <laughs> you know, later on that morning, I, I, I went to chapel. I've talked to some of you about that. I actually had an interaction with Christy. Uh, we went to lunch. She invited me. But really, I, I wasn't normally, I, it's not like I was thinking about like, wow, you know, this girl likes me. I, don't, I didn't think she liked me. She shot me down just a few weeks ago. Hey, you know, let's, man, this is, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get her? How am I going to move this forward? But I wasn't really thinking about any of that. I was just in this place of still being in awe of God and how am I going to move forward from that? So much so that in the course of the day, I heard. You see, we, when, when we're in awe of God, when we're in fear of God, we, we hear things differently. We see things differently. We pick up some things rather than kind of block them out. And that day, I'd heard about a young man who needed to find a job that very day. He needed to go out and look for a job because turns out he had owed the college uh, a good sum of money. The Bible college it was a Bible college, and it was like $1,700 that he owed them. And so they gave him a ultimatum. You know, you, you have to find a job today and start working or give us the $1,700 or you're going to have to go home. And so I barely knew him, and but I got him in my car. He didn't, he didn't have a car, and I drove him out to the city in that area from place to place, McDonald's, Grease Monkey, you know, looking for a job. And after, I don't know, really like a couple of hours, three hours, it was a good amount of time, uh, no job. At which point I drove him back to the campus, walked into the office, the financial office of the college, and I dropped $1,700 on their desk. I wrote a check and gave them $1,700. And I had just made a promise to God, sort of had a promise, a commitment to God that I was going to now make changes in my life. And part of those changes would be a significant disruption to how I was making money. <laughs> Pretty much it was going to cut off my main sources of income. And really the only way I knew how to make money for the most part at that time. But God was awesome. And I was living from a place of fearing God, revering God, wanting to obey God. I wanted more of this awesome God. And it changed my actions. It changed the way I lived. And it was changing my narrative. And it began to change the way I remembered things. And it was changing the way I saw things. And you know what? I was happy. Really, I mean, I was like crazy happy. And, and I had just given away $1,700. And by the way, this is 27 years ago, $1,700. And I'd done so, and I'd given it to a, a guy that I, I think I had maybe met him once before. I didn't know him. I didn't even know if I'd ever see him again. But the beauty of all of this is that God was changing me through this. And that I wanted to follow Jesus now. I wanted to obey God. I can have this relationship with God when I fear him. Oh, how happy is the person who fears the Lord, who walk 
in God's ways. Let me ask you today, all of you, how many of you want to be happy? Really? Uh, the person who's telling you this or asking you this question really spent much of his life into my late 20s, and I wasn't a happy person. Really, in many ways, I was sort of a, a miserable person. Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Blessed, happy are those. When you and I as created beings fear the God who created us, we are living in a reality that will bring more happiness into our life. It'll give us a greater perspective on life. We'll remember things in a, in a more edifying and encouraging ways. Our narrative will now be more what God would have us know and believe and remember. And a lot of good stuff comes from that into our life. Which is better? Pause right now. The narrative that you have, the narrative that's constantly running, you know, in your, in your brain, the way you remember things, the way you see your future, or God's narrative for you. Which, which is more true? Which is more accurate? Which is more wholesome? Which is more life-giving? Psalm 128 verse 3 says, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will, will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Now what we see here is this blessing, this being happy is not only tied to ourselves, but it's also connected to others, our families, and then even the community that we are part of. See it going from a man to his wife and his children. It could be from a, a woman who fears God, who's in awe of God, to her husband and, and to her children. It's flowing out of their life to, the, to others around them. When you walk in the ways of the Lord, when you fear God, God will do a work in you and in your spouse, you and the one you're in relation with, you and your children, you and your grandchildren. You will be blessed. They will be blessed even greater, perhaps. Verse 5 mentions that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. You see, when a, it's talking now to community. When a community of people fear the Lord, wow, blessings are poured out one to the other and to, and to those around them. Let's fear God together as Chair City Church. Let's as Chair City Church be in awe of God for what he's been doing in our midst. I don't mean, yeah, sure, we can just track back nine and a half years now and be in awe of what God is doing. You could look to your left and your right and be in awe of what God is doing. But even just these last few months, let us be in awe of what God has done. I deeply believe, just by looking at facts, that, that we are growing, we are strengthening. That God is doing something wonderful in our midst that we'll be able to look back and, and, and have a great memory 
but we'll see it the way God intended. We'll gain from it the way God intended because we want to live in fear of God, in awe of God. And we will be blessed. We will be happy. And let it affect the way we walk in our way of life. When we remember to fear the Lord, God's work, his plan is accomplished in us as individuals and even towards in the lives of those we love and in the community that we are part of. And that's powerful. That's a great synergy. And this is a beautiful life. To know and to be known, to live in community, to love others. And, and speaking of community, next week will be our last week having church outside at our lakeside worship experience. If you haven't participated in that, I so encourage you to do that. You know, often we'll talk about when we started a church in the cinema the first six years, and I sometimes think, wow, you know, I, I have, one, one time I got to recreate that. So those who had never been a part of that could kind of get a taste of that. I, I think of doing that from time to time. And because that was a history, a part of our history. And now this lakeside worship experience, it, it really is part of our history now. You know, in the midst of this unparalleled, well, crisis or certainly a very, a very peculiar and different crisis that our nation is going through and uh, we're going through. So I, I encourage you to come out uh, next week. Uh, last week there, and just participate in that. Now, if you're, obviously, if you're, if you're home and you're not coming out, it's, you know, you have a heightened concern, a great concern for safety, either for yourself or you maybe in any way uh, causing harm to someone you love. And in that case, I invite you to come out with your car and, and to park on the side. And, you, we, you know, it's not a far distance. You can see everything that's going on. And we can put all that's happening on the stage into your FM radio, and you can sit there and listen on your car and watch and just get a, a, a taste of, wow, of, of history. So I, I encourage you to do that. If you can't, we totally understand and uh, continually do everything we can to connect with you. Now, when you fear the Lord and walk in the ways of the Lord, your life becomes fruitful, and that fruitfulness is a blessing to other people. And that's what the Bible is telling us here. I want you to get this. Deeply, when you fear God, when you are in awe of God, when you revere God, everyone around you is blessed. I, I deeply believe that. Now, to what extent they realize that? But the truth is, they're blessed. It's a spiritual principle. It's truth. And, and it's one that not only has many legs and veins, but it just, it kind of perpetuates through, through circumstances, through times and seasons. So going back, you know, 27 years ago, and I told you I'm, I'm, I'm coming from this place of awe in God. And I talked to you about that I gave away $1,700 to a guy that, you know, I, I think I met him once before, didn't know him. Why? Because I, I was so blessed. I was so happy. I was happy before I gave him the money because I was in awe of God, and I was even happier after I gave him the money. My Happiness, my being blessed by God, affected another person. And that young man got the fruit of my blessing. <laughs> How wonderful is that? That day, instead of being sent home <laughs> from Bible college, apart from friends that he knew, 
apart from what he believed God had called him to. Instead, he got to remain there. He was blessed. And, you know, that, that's awesome in itself, really. And if that's where it ended, praise God to know that, that I was a part of that. But, you know, that young man went on to help out in the church, the local church, be a significant part of what they were doing there with, with kids and even teens and, and just overall helping the church, all he had learned. And that progressed to about five years ago, that young man and his wife planted a church in Connecticut, one that we supported for a few years. Today, that church runs about 200 people. A good number of people have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. People are coming to know Jesus. Lives are being changed for my, you know, and, and, and to know that that $1,700 contributed to that. And you know what? I look at that, and I'm in awe of God. <laughs> like, Wow. How good is God? How great are his plans? God wants us to fear him. God wants us, our, our lives to be fruitful. And he wants our lives to be a blessing to others that they would also share in that fruit, perhaps even have greater fruit and participate in a fruit greater than what we know. Each one of us can have a significant impact on lives around us. I, th- I thought it was a good thing that I was doing that day, helping him out. It made me feel really happy. I, I had no idea what God would do with that and how I would continually be in awe through the years and what God is doing through that moment. When was the last time you woke up in the morning and said, Lord, today I want to fear you. Today, God, I want to revere you. Today, God, I want to be in awe of you. I'm going to live my life from a place of being in awe of you, my God. Psalm 128 verse 5 says, May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. We, you and I, We want to, we need to remember God's blessing. Let this be part of your narrative, part of what's going on in that brain of yours, of mine. This is going to affect how we see the past, how we see our future. Let's remember God's blessing. Let's filter things through God's blessings on our life. Let that affect our perspective and how we view this world. You know, at 28 years old, my narrative, I talk about narratives, and and I'm very familiar with them, and my narrative in my life had brought me to conclude what the key to happiness was. That's right, at 28 years old, this is prior to that incredible moment of me coming to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Prior to that, at 28 years old, I had concluded that I, that I had discovered what the key to happiness in life was. I'm serious. I was actually rather proud of it. And I, and I, and I also, since I 
and I believed in it that I would govern myself from this. You see, there were two things. Well, let's put it this way. This, this conclusion of mine, this discovery came about from just watching people and what was going on in their life. And one thing I, I realized was most people, even including myself, were not happy with their lives. And, I mean, they'd have a good moment here and there, but overall, I'll, they just weren't happy. And, and I've come to look back and realize a lot of those good moments were really kind of mired in just distractions to kind of get them away from a life they really weren't happy with. Now, the two things, in my view, that contributed to many people not being happy were, one, their job. This is kind of a little depressing. <laughs> one, their job. Most people didn't like their job. And, you know, you can remember songs like work a nine to five or take this job and shove it and so on. Thank God it's Friday. Most people didn't like their job. And two, the second, most people didn't like their marriage. They, they didn't like the person they were in a long-term relationship with. So I, I figured, okay, so if you're not happy with who you wake up to, you're not happy with where you go to for a big chunk of the day, and then you're not happy with who you lay down with and go to sleep with at night, well, then you know, you're not happy. So I figured out the key to happiness was not to work and not to get married and go into a long-term relationship. Certainly no marriage. I got it. And no work. Not like a committed occupation. Wasn't I a genius in the making? Hmm? And then one day, a young woman named Christy Ray Green came into my life, and a short time after that, as I've told you, an ancient Messiah named Jesus came as well and changed all that. And this Wednesday, September 2nd, will be 25 years from the day that I married that young woman, Christy Ray Green. And truly, she has been God's greatest blessing in my life. I know that. Those who know me well, my family, they're greatly aware of that as well. I got Christy, and I was truly blessed. 25 years, really, of Wonderful memories, 25 years of, of really what has really developed into a, a wonderful marriage. I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful that now, more than ever, I am in awe of God. And you know, that day, if you see the video of that day, if I play it, it's kind of a little embarrassing, actually, when you see the video, because you know you have that kind of climactic moment where you know, everybody stands up and the doors open up, and there's the bride, and, and there she was, gorgeous, beautiful, and I'm standing up there, uh, and my brother, my brothers are behind me, and uh, I I just begin to lose it emotionally. I, I mean, really, I. I start to cry. Um, I start to, like, shake a bit. My, bro my brother is, like, holding me up, and he's trying to, like, all right, it's okay, Dave, it's okay. 
And what was happening in that moment was I was in awe of God. I was just in, just in a place of reverence to God. I feared God. Like, how could I be having this moment? This is, this is real. This is happening. This, this is the new narrative. This is the new me. And I couldn't believe that it was my life. I couldn't believe this was going to be my wife. I, I, was, I could not believe how just I, I was overwhelmed with God's blessing. I was so happy. I was so filled with joy. But really, really, most of all, I was just in awe of God. For those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus, we know the meaning of Psalm 103, verses 1 through 6. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And there are many who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. The scripture says in Revelation that there'll be a day will come when there'll be no more tears and no more suffering and no more pain. Praise the Lord who redeemed your life from the pit and crowned you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. God, our God forgives he heals, meaning ultimately, you, you, you could be healed here, but ultimately, we will all be whole and healed in eternity. This God, he redeems your life from the pit of misery. He places love and compassion on you. This has always been God's plan, that you have his love and his compassion, that you know his plan of redemption for you. God sent his only son, Jesus, for you to take away your sins, to take you out of that pit of misery, to make a way for you to have eternal life. The beginning of all that is to follow Jesus, is to believe in Jesus, is to have trust and confidence in Jesus. If you are not a follower of Jesus, God says, come in, come home today. Today, say yes to Jesus Today, change your narrative, change your perspective of life, change the way you see your past, and change the way you see your future. Today, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today, be blessed. And that begins with you, right now, saying a prayer, having a moment of honesty and sincerity sitting in awe before God and saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. God, forgive me of my sins. I turn to you now and I thank you for Jesus giving his life on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I want to live for that, Jesus. I want to know more of Jesus. Today, I give my life to Jesus. Now, if you speak those words and you've said those words, the Bible says that you've begun a new relationship with Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, if you've come to this place, then 
you scroll down or you'll see there at the bottom of the screen, if you're on a tablet, there might be a link and you could access that link or there will be a number of text uh, messages as well. And, uh, and you could send a message or you can send that text out. Either one, the link or the text will bring you to a, a form, simple, you can fill it out. And they'll ask you, hey, today I've started a new relationship with Jesus. Today I've renewed my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I've not, I thought I believed in God. I've come to church every now and then. But, man, I've not lived out my life in fear of God. I've not, I'm not living out my life in awe of God. But today I changed that. Today I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus Christ. When you complete that form and send it in, we will forward you a package in the mail. Has a has some really good information to give you some traction and to support this wonderful decision that you're making today. Remember, God is an awesome God, and He changes things. Knowing that changes things. Today, don't forget the blessings and benefits of having faith in Jesus Christ. See them, know them. How different would your life look like as you journey through life? Fearing the Lord, being in awe of God, knowing his blessings. Let's move forward today. What would it look like to see our actions and our behaviors changed to reflect our fear of God and our obedience to God? Let's make sure as we go on today that our point of view in all things in our life, our perspective has God at the center of it. And that God we know as an awesome God, to God be the glory.